0: No chance.
1: What's up, everybody? Episode 72 of No Chance Radio. Your hosts, Ryan. And Nate. And let's explain to the people real quick why... No Chance Radio is now No Chance Radio.
0: Yeah. Shall we? You may or may not have noticed, probably didn't, but we did change our name on Instagram to No Chance Radio. And um, the reason for that being that we didn't really want to box ourselves in with like the name podcast. Yeah. Not that it really matters too, too much, to be honest, but uh, we kind of just wanted one title that encompasses everything that we're doing with like the music, like the events that we're throwing, and just like everything else that. I don't know, we're kinda of working on Yeah,
1: I think we we're starting to figure out where we are like where we're starting to fit in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in regards to like what our our hobbies are, or just general interests and like the people that are starting to like we, we're starting to surround ourselves with, right? Yeah. Like pretty much all of our friends are either like DJs and producers and it just seems to exponentially increase after every event that we throw And I think the the radio aspect is very like General and across the board, right? Because, I mean, if you listen to old school radio, there's talking head segments, there's actual radio shows, and there's mixes, and literally anything you can imagine. So, I mean, I think the the radio thing kind of suits us now, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and that's what Uprocks called us in that article yeah, that they posted. Yeah. So I was like, maybe it was meant to Might be. Might as well, you know roll what I it. mean? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Cheers. cheers by the yeah. Way. In the beginning of every episode, I think we'll make it a thing to cheer because I think we just always have beer present. I think that's just think so. <laughs> that's just always a thing. Yeah. Mm. But on that, before we get into anything newsworthy, uh, let's announce that we have two events this month. It's January. It's almost closing the end of January. Actually, crazy. This month went by really really yeah. fast. But let's talk about the first event that we have, which is on January twenty fifth. The payout. The trilogy of the payout, our third event, man, this one has just turned into a beast of its own. It's madness. It's blacking out. It's good fucking vibes. <laughs> and like a lot of like we're meeting a lot of cool people and just a lot of friends just having fun, man. Like, yeah. Can you recall the last event? No. <laughs> that is a good fucking time. And for any of you that are listening and watching and you're Located in the Bay Area, please come out. Bar Fluxus, January 25th. Now, this is a new one, and, and I hope this becomes a monthly thing. But January 31st, we have the first official event of On Air. And you're probably like, okay, well, then you guys are throwing another party on a Thursday. It's a college night. Well, who the fuck's going to come out? It's different, okay? It's, di- it's very, it's very different. It's not just an excuse to drink this time. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And this was something that came to mind actually fairly recently as I was putting up the flyer today. was like... Man, what do I want to get out of event, an event like this? Right, it's up and com- up and coming DJs, up and coming producers. Um, I really wanted like people who play guitar or violin, whatever. You know, just like anybody that's like creative in the musical. Yo, space. if you play the
0: cello, like let us know. The if you cello want to is the super next sick, right? Event. Like that would be tight. Exactly, and I think that
1: this event is curated around just people who, you know, I'm kind of tired of, of seeing people with a, an immense amount of talent. Behind their fucking desktop computer, secluded in their bedrooms or in the basement—I don't know where you guys are, yeah. <laughs> where your creative spaces—but I want to see people get from behind that and get in front of a crowd, a place where people will notice them. Or, or um, I don't know. There's something about a live performance that makes it, it brings out a different energy in, yeah, in the creative work so that you're that doing. So people
0: are able to share like what they're working on with you know like the world, and it doesn't have to be. It, like you said, it doesn't have to go unnoticed. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The on-air piece is obviously is very radio-esque of us. And an, an on-air being a term that really represents like your first time being in front of somebody or making it go live, whatever it, However you want to take it, you know, just like a shitty tattoo. It's however you want to approach the, the meaning behind it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your first time usually <laughs>
0: is not the best. So. I,
1: I have many regrets <laughs> in my first tattoo. But on air January 31st, we have a lot of great DJs and producers coming out. Think of it, and if you know what I'm talking about, think of it as like a, a really cool boiler room set. And if you know, then you know. But let's get into some streetwear and fashion newsworthy type shit. First and foremost, we always have to mention Virgil. There's always something going on with Virgil, as much as we want to stay away from uh, from the bandwagon and mention him in every single episode. But Virgil launches or premieres his spring-summer 2019 Louis Vuitton collection, right? It's Paris Fashion Week right now. There's a lot going on, a lot of celebrities, a lot of new collections releasing. But there's a lot of news about this particular collection that went on sale. And that is that it is currently outselling that of the Louis Vuitton and Supreme collection, formerly released in 2017. 18? I think it was last year, wasn't it? 2018, yeah. Kim Jones, like one of his l- very last collections or collaborations. Just off of that alone, seeing the collection start to outsell that of the Supreme one. I mean, what do you think? Just like right off the bat, like what do I
0: attribute? Yeah, like like, like what do you think?
1: Uh, do you think there's any importance behind it? Is it even relevant, uh, considering just how streetwear and high fashion is nowadays? It does it does it surprise you?
0: I don't think it necessarily... Su- it, it does somewhat surprise me, um, but I think it's just like a natural shift from Supreme being like the it thing to the novelty of Virgil at Louis Vuitton being like the newest thing that's out there, uh, like the newest, the hottest, whatever, you know? Because yeah. I think naturally, of course, Supreme... Okay, here we go, talking about Supreme again, whatever. It's but, inevitable, um, it's inevitable. Yeah, but I think there's just this sort of shift, and I think it's kind of inevitable that... Supreme kind of takes a backseat to other brands and other things that are going on, you know, um, not to say that Supreme is going to go an, away anytime soon, but I just think that like people are increasingly looking for more novelty, you know, yes. like
1: newness, definitely the newness part. I think, you know, you can only do so much in the, the wow factors is, is at its limit when it comes to Supreme, yeah. right? Insane, trunk that has supreme box logo on it like what what more can you do with that you know what i mean so with this louis vuitton and and virgil thing obviously it being his second or third collection i think it's his first collection first? at louis vuitton yeah oh, okay well yeah, then like his debut his, collection. his debut yeah. collection i think that is the novelty yeah it right? exactly. is first debut collection everybody wants to see like is he going to stand the test of time between kim jones's legacy and now his new sort of rendition of what louis Vuitton should look like right yeah does it stand up to the hype and i think that's this is like a great um it's a great chance for him to show like hey like i'm bringing my background in in fashion and streetwear and i'm applying it to a very reputable if not legacy brand and this is I mean, this is it. Like, it's there's not really much to it.
0: Yeah, and I think the novelty of it also comes from just sort of his unique spin that he's putting on such like a classic, like quintessential luxury brand, you know? Um, like, I know one of the most popular things that uh, debuted was the fucking iridescent uh ball, like the duffel yeah. bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, it's just one of those things that, It's like a quintessential Louis Vuitton piece, but it's just, it stands out so much, you know? It definitely does. And
1: another thing that I wanted to bring up about that is accessibility. Yeah. Because obviously, with the Supreme Louis Vuitton uh, collaboration, there were different pop ups, right? And some of those pop ups closed. Sometimes the access to those pop ups weren't as easily accessible for a lot of people. So that also makes me think okay, like the hype built around the Supreme. Louis Vuitton collection was there but the access to buy it wasn't there so exactly in terms of outselling one or the other I can definitely see this general release Virgil collection being one that's like okay like I can go to my local Louis Vuitton store and buy it if I'm lucky that things are still available yeah but I think the accessibility part plays like a pretty big role 100%
0: um I think you know following the supreme model the streetwear model like obviously their collaboration is going to be a- on a much more limited scale than a, excuse me. um, See, this is why I don't like drinking beer when we do the (laughs) podcast. Cause it's going to fucking, I got to
1: edit out all these burps. And yeah,
0: I had like Indian food earlier. But anyways, um, you know, like I, I think to your point, like access is a very important part of what we're seeing as like this collection outselling Supreme because of course, like quantity is going to play a huge part in that. Yeah. So I think you can't necessarily say that, definitively that Virgil's collection is more popular, more successful. There's a lot of factors yeah, that exactly. we have to um,
1: at least provide the context into you know where people are buying from, how they're buying, etc. Yeah. And another thing, it's like, we could see this go completely downhill following the third, fourth, fifth, sixth collection that Virgil puts out, right? Because after the whole hype of Virgil is the Michael Jordan of streetwear currently at the moment, there's going to be years where somebody else comes and takes the throne. And next thing you know, Virgil is just the designer, right? Yeah. He's no longer the the DJ and the the cultural innovator. Like the celebrity. Right, exactly. Yeah. Which uh, I feel like he, star- he wants to become, right? He really wants to be in front of the camera. He wants to be that guy, right? Which is why I think like, the whole DJing thing is so big, because DJing is a larger thing right now, and, and DJs are like the new like cultural influencers for like a yeah. lot of the youth. So I think like to become basically a star, he has to implement his field or into the world of like music and like being a performer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he he doesn't have that star quality that only a
0: designer can bring uh, out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's definitely he wants to kind of have his hand in different pots. Yeah. If that makes yeah. Sense, he wants
1: know? to be he wants to be that A-list celebrity. He's like currently maybe Floating around like the C's and D's,
0: but I would say like maybe B. No, he's he, he we no, I would say like B, dude. He's pretty up there. I mean, hang like he knows like the Kardashians and yeah, like, okay, maybe I'm he, sure you he might gets like 50 texts a day, like yo, what's good with like this? Yeah, right?
1: Like, <laughs> they only like him because he's like he works for this brand, yeah, before they weren't texting so for I no off white yeah. shit, yeah. um, but also. What we were talking about in uh, the episode, we're predicting trends for 2019. If you saw the off-white collection or like pictures from the the runway show, all fluorescent and neon, just as we sort of predicted as being like what is going to be in for 2019, like bright ass fucking colors. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. I am totally down for. I'm I'm super down for really bright colors. You won't see much of it on me, but I'm totally down for how it looks and just like the aesthetic of like. Neutral like pieces, and then just one really bright ass popping yeah. jacket or some shit like that. I think twenty
0: nineteen is the year of trying to stand out. Yeah, like set yourself apart from everybody yeah. else. Yeah,
1: yeah. With, with with the with the djing or or you just start producing or like something where you can attach your name to it because you can't attach your name to clothes, right? Unless you have your own clothing brand and your clothing brand is named after you or yeah. whatever. Or but, unless
0: you have like a particular look. Yeah, you
1: know? right? Which is very far in in between nowadays of yeah. like, oh, like you kind of look like what's his name that yeah. I saw on Instagram? Like it's not as common to be like, oh, that's that's that look like that you have. Yeah. Um, even with our own friends, like we can see them Gaining influence from you and like just how you dress, right? So maybe that's the neat look, right? Like, but sure. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but I want to get into something that is kind of kind of racy in the streetwear industry. Literally. Right very, <laughs> very racy. Uh, no pun intended. But there is an article that I just noticed in the CNN uh, style section. I had which no idea. I had, idea no, that I had <laughs> no idea CNN even has. But shout out to whoever that one person is that yeah. it's that Their style department is
0: literally like a 10 by 10 room. No, not even like a five by five. It's like probably like room. literally like the utility <laughs> closet. <Yeah. laughs> There's like three mops in there and then like, like a like a milk
1: crate where the dude puts his laptop. Yeah. <laughs> just faces a, a gray wall yeah. and like with nothing else. Yeah. Um, but the CNN style, uh, I can't, it just like baffles me that it's still there. But the CNN section of, of the style section basically documents this like extremist or not even extremist i would say it's called
0: the uh was it the far right yeah the basically the the name of the article is uh it's like far right fashion or something yeah there like it is that. that's yeah. it yeah far right fashion yeah basically it chronicles like how streetwear is playing a role in you know creating this sort of like identity for the far right meaning like you know, like we all know intense sure, political, like,
1: yeah, polarity on, on, on either side But uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring up in regards to that is like when we see brands that have very powerful, like community driven or just like very uh, like brand identity based logos, like a pleasures is like very like dark and like emotional. You have like a born and raised that's very like community, like fuck everyone else, like community. Yeah. What's to say that these extremist groups couldn't or c- wouldn't just take that same I- ideal of just like, hey, like, no, oh, this brand is doing this and this brand is is um, advocating that they are this way. Why can't we take that same sort of mentality and put it on our clothes?
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any rule that says that you can't. Exactly. I don't think that any I don't think that most people would agree with that. Um because I mean like we have, you know, you have this whole like far right archetype, I guess, of what their look is, you know? Like you imagine somebody in the far right and you imagine maybe like a neo-Nazi, like skinheads. Yep, that's American what a, history X. Yeah, that's like what a lot of people associate the far right with, um, and you have their uniform, for instance, like black, like Doc Martens, like combat yeah. boots, like <laughs> exactly, skinny exactly. jeans, like Good point. bomber jackets, like shaved head, you know, like that's that look that we talk about. Um, And I think streetwear is just clothing in general is just such a such like a quintessential way of building that identity of like what sort of like culture or subculture you come from. It's like it's our way. It's society's way of saying like, oh, that person dresses like that. I'm putting them in this group. They must belong to this. And that's going to happen. That's that's bound to happen.
1: Right. Like we see it with. When it comes to celebrities it's like oh like you're just you're a kanye stan because you dress exactly like him yeah but this person may know nothing about it and just maybe he sh- just shops at a, at a store that only sells it but he doesn't know that he, this is the person that inspires his clothing it's just something that he's just following you know what i mean yeah
0: and i think because streetwear is become is bleeding more and more into like mainstream pop culture i think Literally everybody is exposed to it, whether it's us living in the city, San Francisco, yeah. or yeah. somebody in like the middle of butt, fuck nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh you know that's Buttfuck st- Nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. took geography <laughs> in third grade. That's a town. Yeah. That's a town. It's <laughs> <laughs> a town somewhere in like Mississippi or no, something. No, but I mean that's a good point
1: because we're exposed to so much, as everyone knows, but I think when it comes to extremist groups, I think it's just like, obviously you can make a shirt and it says whatever the fuck you want it to yeah. say on it, right? Everyone has that right to put whatever they want on a t-shirt. That is streetwear. Exactly. We're plagiarizing, we're bootlegging, we're saying fuck the cops, we're doing everything derogatory that we could possibly do on a t-shirt and that is our f- expression of of ourselves, of what yeah. we believe in. But I think when you take it a step further... And when the actions behind whatever it says in your t shirt are taken, then that's when there are some sort of consequences of like what you're doing. Yeah, you can't say, you can't wear a shirt that says, fuck the police. And then the next day you're out here literally like beating police up or like, I mean, if they beat you up, then you have the right to beat them up. But I mean, (laughs) or like harming anybody in any nature. It's like, okay, like now there's a line drawn in the sand where. You can have your ideals and, and do whatever you want in your own little world, but once it starts to affect people, like physically or potentially emotionally, if you're soft, then like that's where you have to be like, Okay, what the fuck are you guys doing?
0: Yeah. You know? But I think like if we kind of look at it, it's almost weird to say this, but I think streetwear and like these far right groups almost have like the same sort of they almost share like the same sort of ideals, like the very like anti like authority, like fuck you. You're right. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to do this, this and this, and you can't tell me otherwise. Right. And, And to say
1: that this, this particular extremist group may or may not be fans of Supreme and take those aspirations and say like, Hey, you guys inspired our movement. Yeah. That jumps into a whole nother realm of fuckery of, this whole DIY, like, fuck you attitude that streetwear upholds, it could influence the wrong people. But at the same time, it's like, who the fuck cares that it influences the wrong people? It's yeah. not like that was our intention. You I, know? I, I think,
0: you know, you can look at anything and y- it can influence somebody either positively, neutrally, or like, of course, negatively, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And I think the same could be said for streetwear, fashion in general. Um I think every group has their some their way of like identifying themselves and setting themselves apart. And, you know, like these group, these far right groups are no different. You and know? we
1: uh, do you know how how much streetwear like rips off of these extremist groups when it comes to graphics and motifs and like logos? Like, yeah, a brand like Blackscale utilizes a pentagram as like one of their most used designs. And that's like a Satan worshiper logo. Like, yeah, that is the thing like. Six 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 is a Satan worshipping like, like logo, whatever, right? And these are these are things that Supreme and all these other groups they use on a, you know, on a design basis. And there is influences going back and forth, but like I said, it, it really depends on the situation of when action is taken. Behind those logos, that's when you got to be like, all right, fuck you guys. So yeah, 100%. You guys were in that 666 t-shirt like you guys got to go. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into some a bit more of a yeah, like, uh, lighthearted light- conversation. <laughs> yeah, uh, a I'm sure there's a whole other conversation that you guys would like to hear behind this whole like. Political activist group streetwear and shit like that, but we are not trying to get into that right now. Maybe we'll revisit that in another episode. Of course, like, Like we want a very, like, charged episode of of that type of stuff. It requires a lot of research. Yeah, today's not the day, though. Potentially a guest that believes in that type of stuff, which would be kind of cool in conversation. It might turn into a brawl, <laughs> but it, it's, it would be a nice conversation to have and something that obviously not a lot of these outlets are doing, yeah. right? Um, but it's raining. It's wet outside. You could probably hear it on the mics, so we're not trying to do that right now. Yeah. But let's get into a l- something a little bit more lighthearted and potentially something that is... Um, Somewhat heartbreaking to a yeah, lot of our Yeah, you get over there? You kind of, right? <laughs> yeah, you sound a
0: little sad when you said I'm that. I'm not
1: going to lie. I did I did feel a certain way when I read these, yeah. this news. And you guys may know what we're talking about because knowing us, where we are like SF, like essentially born and raised, right? Bay Area born and raised. And to see Benny Gold, the brand, disseminate, Yeah. essentially say, I'm done. Yeah. What were your first initial reactions when you saw
0: that? Like, what did what did you say to your like to your stuff, and how did you feel? I was, you know, with anything that's kind of, you know, like established in your life, whether it's like a brand or like a store that you frequent or whatever it is, you know, uh, it's always sad to like even like the like, the random, like, restaurant that you went to, like, as a kid that you don't even go to anymore. That closes down. Yeah, that, like, closes down, you know? Like, that's always really sad. Um, so, of course, like, I was I was very kind of taken aback by the news. But after kind of reading more and kind of, like, understanding it more, um, you know, like, I, I, I get it. Like, I, I definitely understand where Benny's coming from. And I understand that as a creative, you know, there's... Everything comes kind of full circle, and there's always a life cycle to things, you know, um, and that's just part of kind of like growing, like as a brand, as like someone who's creative, you have to know when to shut the door on one thing and open the door for something else. Yeah, so, my f- you know?
1: initial reactions to that, and uh, uh, very similar to how you felt, is like actually it was it was it was two-sided. It was like understanding yeah. and knowing like how this industry works. But at the same time, like being that 15 year old sneakerhead, like super Stan of anything streetwear, especially San Francisco streetwear. I literally said like, why? Like you are probably at, if not close to your peak or haven't even achieved that in regards to not only being, Grandfathered in when it comes to to streetwear, and most importantly, San Francisco culture. Yeah, but also in the sense of being like just as important to this game as a Jeff Staple, as a Stash, as a a cause. Like there, he wears that crown of being. One of the most influential, not only designers within streetwear, but also brand owners and cultural purveyors of like what the fuck is cool and how to make brands cool on like a larger retail sense of like, like here's a story that he tells in the Business of Hype episode is essentially nobody wanted to be in the stores like Zoomies and Urban Outfitters, right? when I was a kid, and I would see like a a, a streetwear brand in, in Zoomers and Urban Outfitters, I would almost be like, "I'm I would never wear that, right? I would never wear a brand that was sold so widely that it was no longer exclusive, right?" Yeah. I, did, I was a childish kid when it came to like my, my brands, but Benny Gold was one of the first brands at the time to basically say like, "Look, like the the normal way of 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 selling like." doesn't really work anymore when it comes to like retail stores you start to see like retail stores weren't going in the direction that he wanted them to go into and and without having money to put behind your brand to do marketing and with the with social media blowing up digital marketing like that's a that's a lot to handle as a one man band you know yeah. so to see zoomie's offer up the the option to say hey like your your brand aesthetic really fits within like what we sell. Would you be interested in like housing your brand in our store? And he was one of the first to really get in there. And think
0: about it, there's Zoomies is like a. Would you say like worldwide? I would say if not worldwide, then at least you know widely distributed in the U.S. and online. Okay, I would say like North America. And okay, right. yeah. very popular
1: in North America. And to have the opportunity to not only house your brand inside Zoomies is one thing, but it exposes your brand to a, an entirely new group of people. And, and you're talking about kids who, who nowadays are like the, the niche audience that a lot of these brands want, right? They have the buying power that make up this millennial population. But to have your clothes in Zoomies, to get brand recognition for one, to potentially make more money, which I mean, it, it's it's bound to happen when you're yeah. exposed to a lot more people, and to not really have to worry about like a retail store to w- w- at, when at that time it retail w- was not really popping like that was ideal and like you could you would only see profits from that right. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of downsides to being in retail stores, and uh, like that's its own separate monster, but. The brand recognition itself, especially in streetwear, is so important early on when you're starting a brand, you know? Yeah,
0: for sure. And I mean, just with any business in general, I yeah, think uh, early on is super important. Yeah, it's super crucial. Um, I think if you want to see just your brand, your company, like grow, of course. Um, and a lot of people might say that, you know, being distributed in Zoomies is like selling out. At the time, at the time, I think uh, I would say. Yeah, sale was, But I yeah. mean, like business-wise... Why not? Like, if you're looking at it from a numbers perspective, oh, like course. you know, yeah. like it it can only, for the most part, do you more good. Yeah. Than Mike Haar. Sherman
1: of, of Chinatown Market really makes a good point to say, like, it depends on your purpose in this. Yeah, game, exactly. You know. Yeah. And if it's to make money, then if these retail stores are offering you that wall space, it's like, why wouldn't you take it? Yeah. You know like if that's it's your aim. More, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So. With this whole thing of, of Benny Gold literally starting this whole like, okay, like, hey, Bobby Hundreds, or hey, um, who's the guy who does Obey? Shepherd Fairy. Yeah, hey, Ferry, yeah. you know, like, these brands are interested in having more streetwear brands in their store. I mean, I get it. Like, they're just like, they have their own, like, wannabe streetwear brands, and they're starting to get, like, you know, some reputable brands in there, but they, they want you guys. Like, kids love you guys. And, I'm in there and, you know, it's only done me good. Why don't you guys come and join me? And to hear somebody like Benny Gold, like original designer for Huff, like some of your favorite brands, High like Nike, SF, Nike, like, yeah. Stussy, like everything, you can only say yes. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's when you start to see it. That's why you see so many of like your favorite streetwear brands in places like Zoomies and Urban Outfitters because – Benny was one of the first pioneers to do that, which is, like, really important when it comes to like, this game.
0: Yeah, what I really admire about him the most is that he's not necessarily at the forefront. He's not necessarily, like, making headlines every every month, every day, every year, you know? He kind of... He plays his role very well, and he's, like... You know, like, he has such a huge hand in the direction that Streetwear has gone since, like, the early 2000s, but... You know, like if you talk to a kid that maybe grew up in the past like five, ten years. No idea. No, they may or may not have an idea who Benny Gold is. But the disadvantage of that
1: and and, and, uh, give me your opinion on this one is when you're a designer, right? You're a graphic designer. You're a graffiti artist. Sometimes the mentality of these people are very introverted. Yeah. Right. It's. The way I work is no distractions, like, I want to be in a space that's comfortable for myself, and that's where I can pull out the most amazing work of art, right? That's how a lot of these people are. If you ever meet, like, rappers, like, artists, producers, like, these are the most, like, sometimes socially, most socially awkward people you'll ever meet. But there's something about that creative mindset that stems from being awkward, right? Yeah. Rain man, right? <laughs> Amazing at fucking what is he playing? Poker, blackjack, yeah. whatever. Like, that's a whole other thing. But being in the in that whole, like introverted, like socially awkward, and not being like very I wouldn't say socially awkward. I would just say yeah. like uh, well, a lot I mean, well, not him in this sense. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. a lot of these creatives socially awkward and which is very understandable but when you see for example like a social media post from him or an Instagram story it is very like uh, like it doesn't feel like genuine you know it's almost like as if he has to do it yeah you know what i mean like it's it's either the emotion evoked from it or or maybe it's just like a little bit awkward or something like that but you can sense that when you see like a lot of creatives they have to like market themselves and that requires being present in front of a camera on social media that requires being doing interviews and stuff but for some people it's just it just doesn't work for them. Yeah. And I think that's one of the downfalls of being a creative and being essentially Benny Gold is that you get into this space where it's like okay, I have this amazing brand, right? It's in a great city. Okay, but the big thing nowadays is that people want to know who's running the brand, who is responsible for designing, who is responsible for this brand, and what lifestyle What lifestyle are they living, and should I attach to that person, or will I attach to that person? And when you're not present on social media, and people don't know the face, or maybe you're just not cool enough, sometimes that could
0: be a downfall when it comes to like
1: how your brand lives.
0: Yeah, but I think, I don't know, I think Benny Gould does kind of live in that space. I think he's, you know, like he, what I noticed the other day or what I, you know, realized again is that his Instagram is literally the brand's Instagram. So you're seeing like yeah. his personal life as well as like, no, obviously definitely. Like, I love tub tunes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, as well as like, that's awesome. Yeah. As well as, you know, what's going on with his brand. So I think he's definitely connected in that aspect. Um, yeah. I just think that, you know, as Benny, like, Benny Gold I don't think he necessarily wants or needs to be in that like limelight like a Virgil you know every like 30 seconds I think he's more so like he said in his letter that he just penned recently announcing that he was going to uh you know Shut close down yeah, yeah close yeah. down Stop shop and rent it out or uh hand over the keys to Huff I think it's more so about him kind of focusing on why he got into this game in the first place because of his love of like creating things you okay know? let's
1: talk about that piece then because i think that's really important for ourselves for those who are creatives or maybe those who have brands is do you lose that creative spark once there's a business aspect that becomes a part of it or becomes integral as a boss or ceo like do you
0: lose that creative spark i think I think there's definitely, I don't think it's 100% one hundred percent of the time it's going to happen, but I think there's definitely a good chance of that happening because, you know, uh, like running a business and a creative enterprise are two very different things, I think. Yeah. Um, it takes like two different sides of the brain, if you will, to do both. I think, yes, managing a business, like it, you can learn that. Um, but I don't think... I don't know. I just I just feel like if one kind of takes over, then it's kind of hard to reverse. You know what I'm saying? I'm definitely going to say that
1: Jeff Staple, you definitely jinxed this whole thing from happening by having Benny on this business of, Business of Hype episode. <laughs> Either you just brought it more to his attention or Benny has been thinking about this for a very, very long time. But... Yeah, like like to your point, like in the article that he penned, he's basically talking about you know the days that he would spend creating are spent managing employees, balancing yeah. budgets, checking inventory, dealing with uh, shipping, and and all these other shit that you know essentially he shouldn't have to deal with. But as the owner of the brand, the face of the brand, you have to know at least every piece of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. To know that it's running. Smoothly, (laughs) you know, like it's it's that important. And this goes for anybody that has any sort of creative endeavor or or has their own brand. It's knowing every aspect of it. But also you can backtrack and figure out what you what you like. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: And, and, And maximize there. You know, I think I think it's very important to do, like you said, sort of backtrack and sort of refocus on what brought you in, in the first place, like why you decided to do what you're doing. Um, and I think with that comes naturally like either letting go of some responsibility yeah. or, you know, obviously like changes need to be made. If well, I, was that's not I was scared for him
1: when he, when he, when he was talking about this idea of, you know, he had, I mean, at the time maybe like 20 something employees. Right. Yeah. And then scaling back to maybe like six, Right. Like that in my head says, you know, like I put off all of these things to other people and it gave me more time to be creative and focus just on designing for the brand and then getting rid of all these people. Because obviously, you know, financially, it's very hard to run a brand, especially in San Francisco, where the rate I mean, rent alone is 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 astronomically compared to like that in L.A. or something like that. Right. So dealing with rent and then also dealing with employees, it's like, fuck, like I'm going to just just minimize everything and just try to like focus on the brand. Right. Then like the balance there is like, OK, and I have less people. I have to focus on more aspects and, and I have to be even more molecular when it comes to like dealing with my employees because we're so cl- closely knit and I only have six of them. And that could drive a person crazy.
0: Yeah, you know? I think I. Um you know, myself, I think that I'm, I'd am i rather do something. I'd rather take on responsibility myself because I can hold myself accountable. And, like, I know that I'm either doing it right or wrong yeah. rather than, like, delegate, like, a million tasks to, like, different people, which is hard. Like, yeah, as of you know, as a business, as a person, you know, managing a business or doing whatever, like, you have to be able to sort of shed that responsibility and pass it on to somebody else. But um, I think that, you know, that business aspect can definitely kind of overwhelm you and it kind of suffocates that creativity at times to the point where it's like, you know, like you have to worry about this. Like you said, like you have to worry about this, you have to worry about that. Uh, And you have to worry about more of the numbers game, if you will, as opposed to the creative aspect of it. So,
1: so in this case then, can a brand become
0: bigger than the person? I think I think so. Um, I mean, obviously, like Benny Gold, like it's his name. It's, it's his. Like name. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but I think the brand can definitely become bigger than the person. Like for instance, like Stussy, like yeah. Like Sean Stucy hasn't <laughs> been part of the company for like how many years now? Yeah, like ridiculous. Like, like,
1: he hasn't shown his face in so long. Yeah, like we don't know that there's actually a guy named Sean Stucy. Yeah, like from exactly. where it
0: originates from. Like, that brand is so much bigger than maybe what it was like you know 20 years ago. Yeah, um, and that's without Sean Stucy. So,
1: I think the brand and Benny were neck and neck. Yeah, like, I don't think the brand got too big for him. I think that being Benny Gold and like obviously he's done all this creative work for so many different people that he's used to like being attributed to like work that's been done right but to to, to have your own brand and to have people show you tattoos of logos that you've made and, and do like creative artwork like towards like your family and say how much you guys are inspiration that shit's overwhelming Yeah, you know what I mean your social responsibility towards other people can totally overlook the part that you're just a guy that makes clothes. Yeah. And that's really intimidating to a lot of people who don't really want that fame factor which is essentially what he has. Right. Because I mean, you want to show your face, you want to, you want to be in a retail setting where, where you're around and you get to talk to customers. But at the same time, it's like, you know what you say, what you do, how you act, you know, like that social responsibility piece could be very intimidating. And so, when it comes to being bigger than a brand, I think they were neck and neck. And I think, you know, Benny was like a, is, a, is a superstar in himself and the brand was right up there and being like, this brand is as San Francisco as it could get, yeah. right? Because we got to think, like, when he was designing for Huff back in the days, we were at the time maybe like 13, 14, 12, yeah. 11, whatever. And that's what we were into. We're into loud graphics, bright colors, tall shirts. And that's what we wore and we essentially grew up with him, right? Because now his brand is is tailor-made. It's sometimes made in in the USA, made in San Francisco. It's yeah. very like San Francisco adult type clothing. And even in the brands that he collaborated with Pendleton, right? Like that's a very like adult streetwear type thing. Crunchyroll is like very like San Francisco techie. Like specific. Specific, yeah. right? So he knew exactly what he was doing, which is why I don't understand why he was stop now. He was like the, the epitome of what we wanted in San Francisco streetwear was a location that people hung out, were able to talk to the person that owned it and curated it, whatever, and also a place where they had like talks and shows and you had so much lined up for like the future of what that store looked like and having that experiential like feel to it that would have kept his like more than his head above water yeah and i'm i'm just as baffled as anybody else of why it transitioned this way
0: i don't think it's necessarily like a business thing like him like shutting doors and handing over the keys to huff i think it's more so and this is what i like really admire about benny is that throughout the years you definitely see like that he's not he always has the courage to kind of take a step back and kind of stand up for what he wants like what he wants to get out of his brand what he wants to get out of whatever you know like his uh, his art Um, and I think it takes a lot of you know it takes a lot of courage to do that I think as like a successful business it's hard like you don't want to stop like man I could only imagine yeah like that's definitely a hard like decision to make you know like you're a world-renowned streetwear brand yeah. uh, distributed like globally um, like you've done work for like the biggest brands out there so obviously like it's it's hard to take that step back but I think like circling back to what we always talk about like as a creative person I think there's always like a natural life cycle to things and I don't think Benny Gold as a brand and as like a creative person is like is an exception
1: yeah and I, I can understand like being that position of of making a lot of money you know being young and having it like a worldwide renowned brand and you know you look at somebody like Nicky Diamonds right like like fucking McLarens and Ferraris and big house like LA lavish lifestyle and him having like a brand that is sold all over the world and like you know releasing amazing collaborations like i wouldn't see them on on like a like a, a higher pedestal than one another at all i would see them on very equal playing field it's just that one lives this lifestyle and one lives this lifestyle exactly and there's nothing wrong with either you know yeah yeah exactly yeah. and i guess the whole benny gold thing it just like like you said like i appreciate the courage to step outside of this i wouldn't even call it a comfort zone but i would say like this this normality of of, of of being in the streetwear industry. Of, okay, I got this renowned brand. Okay, I release this collection every uh, two times a year. I have this amazing shop. I have community, whatever. But am I happy? Yeah. And and that's kind of what it all comes down to. And, and essentially, where this episode is going to be taken is we all do shit that isn't essentially our passion, yeah. right? And sometimes we're... Like we talked about the the velvet handcuffs of well this this money's nice and I have this lifestyle, but I kinda don't want to be
0: doing this. Yeah, like you know? is this really what I want to be doing? You know? Yeah. Um and of course, like it's always hard to step away from that. I think like for instance, like if you're Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, and you're raking in like a ridiculous amount of money, like obviously it's hard to take a step back from that and say, You know what? I'm tired of I'm tired of money. Like I'm tired of being a billionaire. Yeah. You know? Like that's, maybe it might be easy to some, but like as like a business person, as somebody who's that successful, like sometimes it's like addicting to like keep on pushing onto the next thing. But I think it's like it's really good to be self-aware and be able to take that step back and saying like, is that what really makes me happy? Is that what's like driving me? That's where
1: I feel bad for like athletes and rappers where they carry so much weight on their shoulders for like family and friends to pay for their lifestyles and to bring them out of, um, uncomfortable situations. It's like, fuck, like if I stop, if I get injured, if I just don't want to do it anymore, like I can't because so many people are relying on me Yeah, and that's, that's a very harsh reality to deal with. And it puts a lot of pressure on that person to be essentially unhappy for the money. Yeah. And Benny Gold is in, he's in a good position because, at least from what he talks about in the, the hype, hype beast radio or, uh, hi, yeah, hype beast radio or business of hype section, is that he, his support system only cares about his happiness. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, the money is nice. Like, you got to do it this way, this way. His wife sounds like the most supportive lady I've ever heard of. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, hey, like, why aren't you doing this? Or, you know, goddamn, well, you, you don't want to be doing that. So why are you even working there? And yeah. it's like, if you have that support system behind you, you have free reign to do whatever the fuck you want, exactly. regardless of, of who's judging you or, or what the outcome is. It's okay. Like all this money's nice. All these trade shows, all these collections, I love doing it, whatever, but at the end of the day when i look at this am i truly happy with the outcome or with going in the next day and you have to be 100% honest with yourself to say can i do this and not get paid you yeah. know and if you can't do it then sometimes it's not for you yeah and that's okay to understand for a lot of people and especially for a lot of creatives it's like once you start getting in the in the realm of of charging for your services or if you're a photographer, like I know a lot of up and coming photographers that are like, "Yo, like this person wants to use me, like for like an event or something." Like, I'll just do it for free. Yeah. It's like you know sometimes like you have to put a price in your head, like and that comes with having confidence in what you do. And it, if you if you really love what you do, then you find the importance behind it, and you're gonna want to charge for it. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. If you don't really care and you're just like doing it for free for everybody, then you know maybe it's something that you don't really care too much about because you have to value your creativity, your your hobby, your the love for whatever you have, and
0: yeah, not that there's anything wrong with exactly. Like either, there's nothing you know?
1: wrong with with and, and that's something for a lot of people. If you're listening to this and you ever don't feel adequate enough to charge for your services, then you got to rethink that. It's very important to put a price on something that you do that somebody else can't do. And if they're asking you for it, that means that they can't do it themselves. So that in itself is valuable. You yeah. Know what with I mean? that
0: being said, like only if you want to, like only, obviously yeah, if you yeah, don't yeah, want yeah. like, to like each their own, when it comes to yeah. like,
1: you know, putting a price on your head, you know what I mean? And, and I mean, I could talk about this now because it actually happened, but I'm in a position now in producing this podcast to say like, okay, if anybody wants a podcast produced for them, from you know conception to recording to post-production to marketing after, come talk to me, right? And so I put this out there on, I mean Craigslist, right? Like, <laughs> where else? So I put it out on Craigslist and uh, a podcast group reached out to me, you know? Like they l- love the way that we sound, they don't have the equipment for it, right? So they asked how much, and I told them how much that I I would feel right to charge them. Yeah, and I didn't feel bad about it, and was re- it was like a really cool feeling to say like, hey, I've been do we've been doing this for over a year and a half now, and we've put together quality material, something that's worth money to people, and for me to say like, hey, this is my rate, and for them to be like. Cool. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> it's like, fuck yeah. Like, you, yeah. you have to work to that point, right? Like, you have to care about your craft. You have to actually put work into your craft. And essentially, if you want your passion to be your source of income, then you actually got to price your craft, yeah. you know? Yeah. And for Benny Gold to basically say, like, hey, like, this is my dream. It's to design. And I love designing, regardless if it's my personal brand or for, you know, a corporate company, I love to just." Des- I love to design. And if all he wants to worry about is designing, then fuck, like, congratulations. Yeah. You just, you made it happen, yeah. right? And and un- unfortunately, it's very, like, it's kind of sad to be honest, because it is like one of those brands that we like champion. Like, we love Benny Gold. He obviously is a listener. I say that with hesitation a listener of the podcast. Um, but essentially, like, we can be more happy, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what do we call this episode? Like, dear Benny. (laughs) I mean, it's it is very like it is a very touching moment because you see somebody you're seeing somebody grow real time. Yeah, and it's very important um, that everybody, no matter where they are in life, to see the opportunity for whatever it is that they care about to. Take that leap of faith. Yeah.
0: And I think sometimes we forget that growing can sometimes mean like taking a step back. Yeah. You know, like it's not always that's like real. going 10 times forward. Sometimes it's taking a step back and realizing that that's
1: okay. Yeah. yeah that's real. So, sometimes you have to kick your yourself in the ass and say like, yo, like you did all this amazing shit, but you're not happy and you ain't shit. <laughs> so you got to do something different. And I think that alone really, you know, puts a stamp on, on his legacy. Obviously, Benny Gold is a brand you know did a lot of amazing things did a lot for our community in San Francisco designed some of your favorite t-shirts and and your your favorite logos for a lot of brands and we hope to see more of that in the future i mean i, I wouldn't expect him to just like stop designing in general altogether. Yeah. you know what i mean yeah um but i mean yeah man like and this brings up another conversation i, I know that 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 sounded like a good like end of Ending an episode point. <laughs> and to be honest i really wanted to end it there but i think this also brings on a conversation of like, okay, like we're seeing a lot of people, like leave, you know, areas like San Francisco, leave. Uh, Chicago's another big, a big one. Uh, Boston and Bodega Bodeg in Boston leaves to come to L.A. What is it that attracts people to, you know, major cities other than like it being like a, an epicenter for like culture and stuff?
0: Um, that's a good question. I think. I don't know. I think it's just, it's mainly that I think just being an epicenter of the culture and, you know, just a place to be, I don't know, not, I wouldn't say relevant, but a place that you're sharing the same space with other like-minded people, you know, I think sometimes you can kind of, I, oh shit, you can kind of outgrow the environment that you're in. Yeah, I believe that, you know, so I think naturally that can be a next step for a brand yeah because we've seen that a lot
1: yeah. from uh brands in san francisco right we had man it was so nice to have Stussy out here yeah and like a flagship Stussy store and and see san francisco branded on their on their world tour t-shirts yeah and, and then seeing like a bodega and rsvp move to los angeles it really shows like hey like you, you sometimes you do have to move to, especially you have like when it comes to growing you do have to move to grow before Los Angeles, RSVP, was in Chicago that big of a, yeah, yeah, in Chicago yeah. not that big of a name. Right? It was just RSVP. And anytime you would look on a forum of like, hey, where's the, the cool places to visit in Chicago? That just that'd be like the main store. But outside of that, you didn't really know who they were. You didn't know that fucking like Virgil had a piece in like making it a thing and Don C had a piece in making it a thing. Like you didn't know that until it moved to Los Angeles because it was only more example or uh, highlighted once they got here. Yeah, um, and then you, you start to see that with a lot of people when they move to New York, like it it's kind of typical to have a New York flagship and an LA flagship, and and just that alone was like you're 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 well, well off. Like you made it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like you're well off. Um, but yeah, I mean, damn it. Now I wish I ended it on the <laughs> on the end of the Benny Gold note. It's okay. But well, I just uh, edit that. Yeah, right. I'll put the, <laughs> I'll put this before. But I think that's a good place to stop. And and I mean. Just to everybody that's listening, man, like some, t- like Nate said, sometimes you have to take two steps back to go, you know, 10 steps forward. And I think that's a, a, a good, it's a gem. Yeah, a I think gem. that should be the title. Two, two steps, steps back, <laughs> two steps back 10 <laughs> steps forward. Yeah, I think that sounds good, though. And uh, Something like that. On that note, uh, be sure to follow us at the new one at No Chance Radio on all social platforms. Like, subscribe
0: comment, ask, comment us ask us questions questions yeah. man
1: like thank you to the person that actually um like corrected us with that word that yeah we're, allegedly allegedly thank that's you. the word thank yeah. you for that man uh, that means you guys are paying attention and we value that <laughs> that was a test yes that was a test <laughs> and uh yeah we'll we'll see you next week on episode 73 yep. and we're out peace peace